Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities isn't just a statement. It is Central Bank's past and future. It is their successes and challenges. It is more than 110 years of service that spans across 140 plus locations. Strong roots, endless possibilities. That means that they're here for you. Learn more at centralbank.net, member FDIC. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, it's still holiday for me, so pretty good. I know that I, I discovered today that it's not holiday in the U.S. Um, it sounds right. We, we had already Easter holidays, so why get another an extra day? But uh, in Italy, we like to do stuff like this. Uh, I, I I would say that you are doing it right and we are doing it wrong. That's that would be my opinion. I think Easter deserves we deserve another day for Easter. There's an, you get extra days for Christmas and stuff like that. We should have one here as well. But um, there's no real news uh, to speak of at this moment. However, I would encourage you to go check out a podcast called Tampering. Uh, it was released this morning and it is with Sam Amick. And Tony Jones and Sham Sharania, and they go over uh, the night that was in Oklahoma City on March 11th when the NBA shut down, kind of the behind the scenes stuff of the Jazz. And then he goes, uh, Sham Sharania goes into detail on what the NBA would do if they were to come back and it, if it were in a bubble or in Las Vegas. And he, he goes into detail that I hadn't heard before. So I'd encourage you to go check out um, the podcast. It's called Tampering. Just search it. It's on any podcast platform. It's through The Athletic as well if you're a subscriber. So I would encourage you to go check that out. Today, we are going to talk about the top five power forwards in the NBA. And before we get into our list, let's get into some honorable mentions. Who are, who's just outside your top five, Michele? Uh, Daniel Bellinari, who ranks pretty well in every uh, numerical stats, but mm-hmm. he lacks the counting stats that other power forwards have in terms yeah. of rebounds, blocks, in terms of other stuff that clearly Danilo doesn't do at the level of, say, a guy like Antoine. Um, John Collins is on the list, same as Julius Randle, Aaron Covington, and Paul Millsap. Uh, the difference between Paul Millsap, who comes in 11th in my list, and Danilo Gallinari is roughly one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and between Danilo and, and the first one, there are five points. Yeah. So everyone can guess who is number one. But still, <laughs> right. um, there is a pretty steep difference between number one. Um, and it's... It's also, well, this, this top five power rankings goes into tier. And basically the last tier is who made the number five and all these other guys pretty close to each other. Then there is another tier, another tier, and then the first guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gal is my honorable mention, uh, as well as Christoph Porzingis and Kevin Love are like my three that could have been in there and arguably 
statistically you could argue that those guys belong, but I, I don't think they quite make the top five for this for this particular season. Kevin Love had a really nice statistical season this year. Yeah. And if yeah. not for his contract, you know, he may be a guy that could have been on the move. And I think that he can still help help people. I mean, he's I mean, as a spot up guy, he's one point one five points per possession. Yeah. Which is insane. He's incredible in that category. And so if his contract wasn't bloated and that's, and that's kind of the shame about guys like him and even Chris Paul to an extent is that to get those guys to a contender is nearly impossible now, (laughs) you know? And so, and the middling teams don't want them because are they really going to take me to the next level? Maybe Chris Paul is, you can argue, yes, he can because we've seen him do with the thunder, but Kevin Love's not quite there, but are they going to be an incredible role player and a top probably three or four player on your team? Yeah, but their contracts do matter at the end of the day in getting them to these teams. Uh, and so that's, I don't know, to me, I, I just looked at Kevin Love's stats like, wow, like he actually had a pretty great season playing with guys that aren't that good. And so you just wonder <laughs> if you put him in a good system with good players, for like a really good point guard, you know, what could he do? But the the problem with the contract still remains. Uh, okay, so let's go to number five. McKelly, who's number five on your list? Now that you said it, that Chris Tapps is not on your list, I'm afraid I missed uh, one of the top guys. Um, if I did, I still have some problem with my uh, model, and so I'll try to put in right away and see where it ranks. I can assure uh, you. I can assure you. There's. My... I can assure you. There's way more problems with my model than yours. But go ahead. No, no. In terms of like, uh, um, uh, high, like accents and names written in in odd ways, and sometimes a player doesn't get in the list because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my number five is Chris Porzingis. Uh, okay. His score is nine point six. Um, the first one uh, for uh, just for reference is thirteen point seven. So a pretty steep uh, difference between him and um, the top of the list. But Chris Tapps has um, very good counting stats in terms of. Um, three-pointers in terms of uh, overall efficiency. Um, and and he turns out okay even in defensive metrics. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that he deserves to be uh, on the list um, besides the guy that I am clearly missing because you have someone there that I don't. So we'll see if uh, he's really should be, <laughs> if he's really a top five or not. But uh, so far, he is in my list. Yeah. Oh, I've got Domas, five. Oh no! 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 Okay! 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 Uh, then I, I think Domus is a center. Yeah, I do too. There, he's that's, ranked. It's tough because, like, there's he plays a ton of power forward though. Yeah, for the Pacers, put it in there. Hmm? He's in the, the center crop for me. Yeah, and he 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 was very good positioned in, in the center crop. Yeah, but I can try to put it as a. As a power forward and see where it ranks. Because I have Bam on my list as well. And I'm like, yeah. Are they really that different? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I mean, that's because when we discuss like who's a power forward, when when you when we included Bam and even Porzingis, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go go ahead and throw Domas in here, and he will rate it out. Oh, really Domas well. goes. Like right above Porzingis on yeah. my list. 
Oh man. Yeah, he he as a pick and roll man, he was good. One point one one points per possession on lots of possessions. Vorp uh two point nine, which is fourth among this list of players that I have. Estimated wins added uh ten point two, he's fourth, just barely fourth on that list. Rebound rate, he's excellent, only behind Giannis. Uh he's had a great season. His PER uh, yeah. twenty point eight is third on this list. You know he's he's had just a wonderful season as a player, and he, you know, he gets credit because he was an all star. But I still think that his impact is is huge. And uh, you know this is uh, oh and, I agree. And the Thunder, to give the Thunder a little bit of credit, I mean this is the guy that the Thunder wanted. You know they made the trade for Victor Oladipo on draft night with Serge Ibaka, but they had multiple trades lined up with teams just so they could get Domas. Like that was, that was the goal was to get Sabonis onto their team. And they're still, and I don't even know if this is on the table, but there's still a kind of interesting. What if they're like, what if they had kept Domas instead of Steven and they had found a way to trade Steven instead of Domas in a Paul George type of trade. And so Obviously, that yeah. didn't happen, and maybe that wasn't a possibility. But still, you think, like, and I think we've talked about this before, like, which one would you rather have? And I think we've always kind of landed on Steven, but his production is at a level Steven's never been at, and maybe will never be. Yeah. And so, and production matters. And when you're able to produce at, a, at the level that Domas does, like, that, that helps. And he rates out well in these you know, these bigger stats as well. And so you just mm-hmm. wonder like PER really good. Uh, estimated wins added really good VORP really good. And so it just makes you wonder a little bit. Uh, but my inclination is that that probably wasn't an option, but it's just, it's an interesting what if. Yeah. And if you, if you want to go back and see an under what if, um, you can go back to the trade that brought um, Thomas uh, in OKC. What if you trade Steven there? Is, is he even on the table? Uh, maybe for Toronto, who was rumored to yeah. uh, be in search for a big guy uh, of some sort. Um, maybe more perimeter oriented, um, like Ibaka. Yeah. But still, what if you trade Steven there and you have Thomas and Ibaka as your starting backcourt instead Ooh. of Steven and yeah. Thomas. Um, now that's that, super that, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What, what happens there? Um, like Russ has way more space in, yeah. in that setting because you have uh, Thomas who could play like point point center um, because of his handoff ability and stuff like that. Uh, things might change uh, in a weird way. But again, uh, we don't know what was on the table and whatnot. And yeah. and, and to be fair to Steven, he was extremely important for OKC in countless times. Oh. And his defense is better uh, than Domas's. But he, you keep wondering, what if Domas plays as a center from day one? Mm. What happens there? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't have anything against Thomas B on the list. Uh, my rating says the same. Um, I wonder if he is on 29 teams a center. Yeah. And but but probably the same thing applies to, to Bam Adebayo. I mean, Bam is 
probably a center on every team. I just yeah. put him as a power forward because I don't know, because he looks like a power forward, which is a horrible <laughs> way. That's what I mean. Every site <laughs> that you rankings. look at has him as a power forward, basically. And so yeah. and that's where he spent most has played technically played most of his time there. So, I mean, that's, I, I left him in as well. And so that's why I included Domas on here. Who's been extremely productive? I mean, just has had a crazy yeah. productive season. So, uh, okay, number four. Who's number four on your list? Um, I have a tier here. Number four and number three. I start with number four, who is Bema de Bayo. Okay. Um, he ranks extremely high in uh, overall availability, so minute played. I mean, it's played. Um, then free throw rate, he's extremely uh, productive uh, yeah. in terms of generating uh, free throws. Um, then assists, steals, um, good in blocks, not not very good, but good enough. Um, and then he's good in transition, good in isolation. I mean, he gets um, points per possession in cuts. Uh, he also gets uh, good points from pick and roll passes and stuff like that. So he's very complete player overall. Um, and he also gets very good ratings in, in defensive metrics. Mm -hmm. I think that Miami has found a gem um, uh, in the, late in the draft. Well, not late, but uh, not uh, in the top 10 at least. Um, was he drafted outside of the lottery? Or I think right he, he uh, was at the end of it. Yeah, I think he was right inside the lottery. I'll, I'll like check. 14? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really like what he does on the court. And I think that even if he could play center on many teams, he's sort of in the Draymond Green um, range as a player. Uh, oddly, uh, Draymond doesn't make the list and he's not not near to be found uh, no. on, on my ratings, probably because the counting stats are not there. But I see uh, Adebayo as a player who can play in the same way. Um, and I also remember uh, his post-draft workouts uh, when he was drafted, he was showcasing some sort of range from three. Mm -hmm. And I think that this will come. Um, maybe not next season, um, but I would bet that over the next two, three seasons, he will be... Uh, like a guy that could take two, three, three pointers a game. And that will change things because if you can play pick and pop and or pick and roll with him um, and he can play as a as a ball handler in, in ball screens, you have something extremely useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, he was selected 14th by Miami in that draft. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, 13, Bam Adebayo, 14. <laughs> Maybe the best 13, 14 in NBA draft history. There's some yeah. there's some yeah. good players in the latter half of of this draft. It's really interesting. John Collins went 19, uh Jared Allen went 22, OG Ananobi 23, uh Kyle Kuzma 27, Derek White 29, Josh Hart 30, um, yeah. uh, T Ferg 21. Some uh <laughs> some interesting players. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Patton 17th. Oh my god. If I remember correctly. And then there's the grossest stretch of draft in draft history from fifteen to eighteen. It's yeah. Justin Jackson, Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf. TJ Leaf was such a bad pick. Oh, it was and just atrocious. Yeah. And it was the intention, I think, to play him as the 
small forward. Mm-hmm. And when I heard the rumor, I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what a, what a wing should do in this league? He should be hyper athletic. Um, I mean, he should be able to switch in twos and, and, and probably even point guards defensively. Can you picture TJ Leaf to, to do that? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I couldn't. No, <laughs> but I, I respected that guy opinion and said, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe he will hit like he will take like nine trees a game. But I mean, even Gallo could play the tree. But if you put Gallo at the tree, which is OK on offense because he will jack trees anyway. Yeah. Uh, like what is the tax to pay defensively? I mean, can you imagine like Gallinari guarding full-time guys like, I don't know, Paul Paul George or LeBron James or guys like that. No. I mean, he can do it for maybe two nights. And then the third night he said, well, is this really my job on this team? (laughs) (laughs) Known loser, TJ Leaf. Added to the list. Known loser. Well, real loser. Like, just poor guy. Straight up. Did you know that 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? We're suffering needlessly from frequent headaches energy slumps, and poor focus. And it doesn't have to be this way. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can even save more with a monthly subscription. For 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code DUNK at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code DUNK. For 25% off your first order, drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code DUNK. I have those guys in a tier, these two in a tier as well, but I have uh, Siakam 4, Bam 3 on my list. Oh, okay. So uh, um, They are pretty close in my rating. I, I, can, yeah. give you, I can even give you the figures. I mean, uh, Bam is 10.6 and uh, Pascal is 10.8. Yeah. So 0.2. Yeah. They're extremely close, which was a little surprising. Uh, as I was looking at hmm. all these numbers, uh, just because you hear, I mean, there's a ton of hype around both of them. But if you'd say which one had the better season, which one do you like better? I mean, I think that I lean Siakam. If I were to like select mm-hmm. one of these guys to be on my team, I think I'd lean Siakam just because he can handle and he can be he can be the focal point of your offense. And I don't know if Bam is there yet. I think he can. I think he could get there. Uh, but I think that Pascal's a little bit easier to fit guys around. Uh, and not like Bam is difficult, but that's just, to me, I'd rather have a big, lanky forward that can handle and get to the basket and shoot it and all these things. Um, yeah, me too. And Bam is more of a center. And so, uh, but I like him. I think Bam Adebayo is super good. And there were a lot of categories where he rated higher Um than, than Pascal Siakam, which surprised me. Like in PER, he has a better PER. Um, true shooting percentage, he's better. Rebound rate, he's better. Uh, estimated wins added, he's better. VORP, he's better. 
I mean, it's, there's a lot. There's a lot here. Um, pick and roll, uh, pick and roll, roll man. He's better. Uh, and then spot up shooting is obviously Siakam is better. Uh, yeah. But I still, and like I said, this is more of a just a pure stats rating for me where Bam rates higher. But I think I would lean Siakam if I would put more of my bias into this. Yeah, I mean, I tried to insert, and and this is basically where um, Siakam gets a nod. Um, the defensive part, if you add defensive win share and mm-hmm. differential between the percentage of like a regular percentage of a guy and the same percentage when he's guarded by um, the player that we are discussing, then if you just take those two metrics, you have the difference between the two. Um, so, and and I think that even as you said, as a team construction, um, you, Siakam can be your power forward in 30 out of 30, mm-hmm. um, except for maybe, um, well, say that if the Lakers and the Bucks have Pascal Siakam, then you can play the two power forwards that are on our list as centers, period. <laughs> because he, he, yes. will, he would start Siakam anyway. So yeah. he is basically better than 28 power forwards uh, in the league. Yeah. And and he's extremely versatile as a fit. You can give him the second unit. You can, you can I don't know, you can, you can do anything uh, with Siakam. Uh, we were late uh, on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, because we, we, we thought he was really super hyped. But the change that he made uh, from the 2017-2018 season up to now is is incredible. He built an outside shot, very reliable outside shot. And, and also the handling. I mean, he improved so much in a span of two years. And it's it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Yeah, and it's basically never happened in NBA history. <laughs> like the improvement that this guy has made. I mean, it's, it's from a guy yeah, that maybe, was seen as an energy player only, you know, yeah. coming out of college. Yeah. I mean, it's just never happened. I mean, Kawhi's a little similar. And it's funny they yeah, put it on the I same team. Yeah, I was thinking team. about the same. Or Janis. I mean, well, but Janis evolved from basically I cannot stay on the court because I'm too skinny yeah. to I'm a beast and I will, I will be just more powerful than you. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think about like the uh, evolution in terms of talent, in terms of polish, um, yeah, I, I can think about Kawhi and 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 him to be honest. Like mm-hmm. not many others. No. Uh, so it's, there's no mystery. Who's at the top of both of our lists? Anthony Davis, two. Giannis is one. Yeah. Uh, and Davis is really good. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's almost like a shame. Like, Anthony Davis is in, like, a normal era of basketball, the best power forward easily. And that's kind of yes. how he rates out in this. But for whatever reason, we have statistically one of the best players to ever play the game right above him. And... uh you know, AD, his RPM, he rates out really high. It's He's still... <laughs> Giannis is like oh, more than double AD's yeah. RPM. Uh, PER 28. That's a great, great PER. That's like one of the best players in the league. Easily 28. Giannis is 31. <laughs> True shooting percentage. <laughs> he is the best of this crop at 61.4, which is great. Uh, rebound rate, he doesn't rate out... You know, well compared to those other guys, 
Uh, estimated wins added 15.7, Giannis 17.7, which is, I mean, both those numbers are just stupid, to be honest. Um, you know, Bam is third at 10, 80s 15, and then Giannis is 17. Uh, and then he, I mean, there's really just no question to me that AD has had a phenomenal season. And the more that you think about the Lakers and you think about LeBron and how well he's played and then how well Anthony Davis has played, I mean, and we don't know what's going to happen with the NBA title, if there's not going to be one, or if they're going to try to make it happen in Vegas or whatever's going to happen. We don't know. But you have to believe that the Lakers have a legitimate shot to win the NBA title this year. And I don't, yeah. I don't, I think that people probably call them even an outside shot before the season. But the way that those two have worked together, I mean, that's the, that's the best one two punch in the NBA, I think. And, you know, they have the highest ceiling of all these all these teams. The Clippers are deeper. They probably have a better complement of players around Paul George and Kawhi. But those guys haven't been on the same level as LeBron and AD as a duo. And so, yeah. uh, and AD's just phenomenal. And he's still pretty young. You know, he's he can still improve. He can still get better. And so that's kind of a, a scary, 27? scary thing for the league. Uh, yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah, 1993, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what will happen um, if there is a title and how they will play it, um, like five games, three games, seven games, who knows. Um, but if the Clippers are fully healthy with a good uh, Paul George, I think they will have they, they have more on paper than what the Lakers have. But again, um, all these um, mean that you have to bet against LeBron James. Mm -hmm. And again, as I said last week, I'm not ready to do that, especially with a running mate as Anthony Davis. As you said, I mean, he ranks great in any uh, of our uh, statistic metrics. But the point is, Giannis Ray ranks better. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He gets basically my ratings are from zero to one um, in every category. And Janice has four. Let me count. He has a lot of ones like yeah. RPM one win percentage one net rating one defensive win share one uh, defense differential one. So he's basically at the top on every category. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's incredible. I mean, uh, it's incredible how great Giannis was. And he he gets lesser less point than Anthony Davis in minutes because he doesn't need to play, which is right. incredible. I mean, uh, his team is so great that when he sits, uh, he, he can sit like a lot more than others. So he, he will be fresher. Uh, well, they they will all be fresh because they they had a ton of time to rest. But suppose that the regular season goes as planned, then Giannis played less, like a lot less than other guys. And yeah, he played. It's, it's it's just incredible how great Milwaukee is. I still have my concerns about the team that runs as perfectly as they do in the regular season. Um, the how they can adapt in the postseason when guys will scout just for for the guy and and that time in in that moment we'll see if Janis made a step from the previous seasons because like last year and even uh, with Greece um in the national championship he 
had a lot of troubles. Uh, mm-hmm. He was playing with clearly inferior talent, but and but was he going one hundred percent during that time as well? No. Yeah, you're right. But still, um, you can still have doubts about how will he react when teams will specifically scheme. Sure. For him, Anthony Davis does not have the problem because he has mm-hmm. the best player uh, and the best basketball mind in the world uh, playing alongside him, and he can play off of him uh, for long stretches. Giannis doesn't have that luxury, yeah. and it will be extremely interesting to see what happens um, if we have a postseason or next year because I don't think that those two teams will go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's taking four threes a game too, almost five. Yeah. Which yeah. helps. He's only making thirty percent, but if in the playoffs he hits thirty four percent, that's yeah. that's it. That may be the difference between in you know between twenty nine and thirty four percent could be the NBA title. You know. Yeah, Just, yeah, you're right. And also the number of attempts. Is he ready to take seven? Yeah, eight. Mm-hmm. Does he have to take eight? I don't know. I don't really. And I would love love to see Anthony Davis guarding him oh, and clashing. God, it would be. It so would great. be mind-blowing to see those two guys going at each other for the title yeah uh or against danilo Gallinari. who knows that's right <laughs> who knows <laughs> okay well, this will be the last thing their per 100 possession numbers is insane so this is anthony davis 37 points 13 boards four assists two steals and three blocks which is insane but then yeah. you go to Giannis. 43 points, 20 rebounds, 8.5 assists, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks. Oh, I got a visitor here who loves Giannis. Do you love Giannis? Nope. Not going to say a word now that the mic's on him. Uh, Just an insane number. I mean, I know that those numbers are, it's just, it's, they're not used all that often anymore, but they're eye popping. I mean, Giannis's numbers are nearly double what bams are <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's wild i mean pascal siakam has had a fantastic season is still just not even close to what Giannis's yeah. production is and yeah that production translates to wins which is just i mean he's been phenomenal he's been far and away the best player in the league you put yes. him as a, as a power forward as a small forward doesn't matter he's by far and away the best player in the NBA. And if you try to argue that somebody else is the MVP, you're just trying to be a contrarian because there's statistically, there's not an argument. You cannot find one. It doesn't exist. So Giannis, number one power forward in the league, number one player in the NBA. Uh, If you guys disagree, let us know. Uh, We've got to go, but thanks. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't let us know. (laughs) Because we're just trying to have a peaceful time here at our homes. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Hope you guys have a great, great day. And we'll talk to you guys again with the Deborah Buckets Trivia Hour on Wednesday. <laughs>